Common Provision. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to talk about Seeking God Behind the Veil with Dr. Dean, Jeannie, and Amber. We can't wait to explain the Uncommon Provision in every area of life. We'd love to hear from you. To answer any questions, go ahead and email us at info at uncommonprovision.com. podcast is about feeling his presence and seeking him and seeking God and finding him. Where I, do you find him? Aha, in your heart. You can look around and you can try to find him within another person and sometimes you can. You can find him inside a church or another religious organization and sometimes you can. You can find him out surfing. I found him out surfing a couple of times and playing with the dolphins. Mm -hmm. Remember when we played with yeah. the dolphins? We Jean? saw the birth of a dolphin in the wild. That's right. That was a miraculous event, and yes. I believe he was with us. But Dr. Dean, I know God put something on your heart today, and what was that? I want to help my kids and grandkids, especially my kids and grandkids, but everybody, how to look behind the veil. What can you see when you really look deep inside yourself and into the spiritual world. And for me as a scientist to realize there is a spiritual world was a big event in my life. To understand that this isn't just a human world, but it's a human world and a spiritual world combined. And that the spiritual world has an effect. And when I was talking to people that have had a near-death experience and I researched what happened to them when they were in that spiritual realm, amazing things happened. And I started to open up to understanding how the spiritual world relates to us. So for those seeking God and they haven't quite matured in the words behind the veil, what does that mean, Dr. Dean? Well, in a sense, when we are raised up in this world, we are living day to day in a material world. And to see beyond that, it's as if a veil has been placed over our eyes. It's not just me saying that, that the Lord in the Bible has described this as a veil over people's eyes from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament. So it's a theme, a theme that in a sense we're unseeing and unknowing of His world of the spiritual world. God is spirit and the angels and the demons are all operating in the spiritual realm. Now the amazing thing about the Bible is that the stories about human beings looking or peeking behind the veil are true and are really instructive. That when Moses went up the mountain and met with God, he looked behind the veil and saw God I mean, there are very few people that can say that and survive. And he brought back the Ten Commandments, which to this day are an important part of our culture. So there's a relationship that develops between a human being and God. Just like a, Moses. Just like he Moses. He had one of the strongest relationships with God. That's right. But, you know, before Jesus came to the planet, it was, it was rare for people to be able to look through or behind the veil. Right. It was hard for them to see the spiritual world. 
When Jesus came, he transformed our image of the spiritual world. He actually delivered people, saved people from demonic oppression. He was the first person that ever was commanding evil spirits to leave a person alone, to let a human being live free of the oppression of evil. So one of the key things when you're looking behind the veil is you're looking for Jesus? Is that what you're saying? I want to share with you what Jesus did because he changed the way that we see the spiritual world. When he died on the cross, the Bible says that the veil, the curtain that had been placed between God and man in the temple in Jerusalem was torn in half. And what he did then was he opened up a personal relationship with every human being that wants it to have a relationship with him and with what we call the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of God that is the truth who leads us into all truth. So that is so how you're looking you look. for Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So you look behind the veil and you find a spiritual world and in that spiritual world, there's a lot of different spirits you could potentially want to hang out with. A person that I met once was hanging out with spirits that were ancestral and wanted to have a close relationship with them. I found that to be unfulfilling because they didn't have a higher knowledge, a better understanding of who I was and what my purpose was in life. But when I met Jesus, he introduced me to angels and to the Holy Spirit of God, and they have transformed my life. So looking through the veil and finding Jesus is the first step in understanding the spiritual world. Otherwise, you get really confused. And believe me, I have searched all of the different religions, and they all have a part to play and a little bit of understanding of the spiritual world. But they pale in comparison to meeting the Most High God, the Father of Jesus Christ. And that's the whole premise of your program is the okay. uncommon provision of Jesus Christ. It's the transformation. And maybe it was to say that Father God, who was behind the veil, all through the Old Testament, right? Only certain people got to experience him. Am I right on that? That's the role of the priest who every year one priest was selected to go behind the veil. That's, That's right. right. But then when Jesus was brought by his father to live among us as a human, that is the beginning of the New Testament, right? The new experience, the ability of every human being who loves Jesus and wants to have a personal relationship with him to find Father God. Yeah. So he unlocks the curtain so that you could be able to reveal the spiritual world. That's right. He tore the sucker right in half. <laughs> and so I can't actually peek behind the veil until I have a relationship with Jesus. And he's the one who shows you the spiritual world. It's important for you to realize that because Jesus has been placed by Father God as the head administrator of this entire planet and this human race. 
So it's just like if you want to meet the President of the United States, you have to kind of dress up, you have to watch your P's and Q's, and you have to introduce yourself with him being honored and protected from any kind of negativity. It, it would be uh, inappropriate to go into a relationship with the Most High God without Jesus. He has bought our race with his own sacrifice, with his own death on the cross. And that love that he has for us is available to anyone in any place at any time in their life, no matter what their religion or beliefs. He will bring them to Father God and make them part of his people group. And the amazing thing about that is that once that happens, we have a transformation that overcomes, even overcoming death. Yeah. Well, that's the good that's behind the veil. But in my life, I began as a Christian, but I let that part of my life go during a certain phase, not completely, but kind of seeking other parts of the spiritual world and always kind of keeping Jesus there but not honoring him the way that I do today. And behind that veil, there's the, the good and the bad, the hidden world, right? That's right. And in a sense, the spiritual world is geared towards what we call sifting. There is a process in the spiritual world of helping identify who a person is, what their purpose is, what their destiny is. And all of us, no matter, from the very smallest and the most disabled, and I have as an orthopedic surgeon taken care of very disabled people, but all of us have a life. All of us have a purpose and all of us have a destiny. When we enter into the other religions and we self-seek, we look within ourselves to identify our own purpose and destiny, we have the risk of not just misunderstanding ourselves, because it's hard to understand yourself, you know, but also in relationship with some people or spirits who really aren't interested in or wanting us to be successful or to be um, independent and, and able to um, express our God-given rights, but rather to serve them or to be able to have their power increase at our expense. When I've met spirits that are like that, I know they're not giving, I know they're not loving, and I know that they do not want me to reach my God-given destiny and potential. It's as if they want to take from me and not give, and that is a negative or an evil in my, in my world. So I try to protect myself and my family, yourself and your family. I try to share with people that the good in God builds you up, strengthens you, gives you your purpose. Your so destiny. why is it important to see what's behind the veil? Discernment of... Why do I want to see the spiritual world? Discernment of spirits starts with being humble and willing to learn. 
to seek God with all your heart. The scriptures say, in Jeremiah 29, 13, if you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. He goes on to say that when you pray to me, I will be there. I will help you. Mm -hmm. So it's a humility that comes from the natural relationship between a child and a father or someone who is just beginning on their spiritual path with someone who has been a spirit for billions of years. That humility starts the learning process. Going behind the veil is to learn, to be opened, and to want to love God and seek Him and learn from Him and grow as a spirit yourself. That's what's behind the veil. And so what you're telling me is that throughout the day and throughout my life, I need to be seeking what spiritual realms are around me. So that way I can protect myself and also know when I need to pray to God. And when God is in the room with me, which I know He's with me all the time, but we need to call that out of us, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. You know, to, to be able to say yes to those things that are encouraging and uplifting and strengthening and loving and kind, and say no to the drama that comes from being hurt and being abused, what an awful thing to be in relationship with people who want to abuse you. Well, in defining what abuse is, uh, I liked when you said about sifting, sifting, sifting meaning sometimes we're our worst abuse. It's that voice in us that compares us to other people or doesn't think we're smart enough, thin enough, good enough, uh, rich enough, fun enough, cool enough, whatever it is, young enough, um, that sifting is like taking those words and those voices and knowing they're not of God. That's right. When I was a young physician, they placed me in charge of a psych ward at L.A. County Hospital. Oh, now we're getting deep. That's, that was quite the experience. There were people in there that heard voices. One voice told this young man to shoot and kill his brother and try to kill his father. He almost succeeded in killing his father, too. So they were on a rifle range, and he just let go as they were changing the target, killed his brother, wounded his dad. And he tried to convince me that it wasn't him that did it. It was a spirit who was talking to him and telling him what to do. Another was told to go into a hot shower and turn up the water to scalding hot, and she had second-degree burns that we were treating. There's a voice within you. There are voices all over. There are voices outside of people, and of TV and media. There are voices inside, which are our own voice. And like you say, sometimes that voice, our own voice, can be our own worst enemy, right. <laughs> you know? But sometimes... It's that, not our voice. Sometimes it's not our voice. Mm -hmm. And this is what I have found, that the voice of God is loving and kind and would never intentionally hurt me. Rather, to protect me. Now sometimes there's a test 
and his voice gets very dim or even I can't hear it at all. But in those times, I have to have faith. I have to go to the Bible and to read, to listen to other people who have faith and be encouraged to have prayer placed over me. And then I can face the test, the voice that is not good and say no. Mm-hmm. But I hard. think that's a really important thing to learn is to know which spirits you're listening to. I know recently in Claremont, California, there was a lady who went, had been recently Christian and she thought she was a prophet and that she could hear God and that she took her baby and a gun to church and put a gun to the baby's head. And she thought that's what God told her to do. But there's a discernment and also a questioning that needs to go on when you do think that you hear God. Is it biblical? Do you think God would really say that? And there's a searching that you need to do. You can't just go into believing that you hear God and then you don't and make a really bad mistake and end up in jail. Absolutely. In a sense, that is the law of life. When he established how life was to be conducted and he built the life on this planet to live in accordance with those laws, he established the righteousness, the proper thinking, the kingdom thinking that overcomes the lying and the deception. And it's hard because not only is the world set up to challenge us, but there are spiritual beings, like Jeannie said, that sift us, try to sift us and take us away. But here's the bottom line. Jesus saw that and he saw the entire race being hurt and he decided to do something about it. And when he came and became a little baby, grew up and did all those miracles and wonderful things that we can read about in the Bible and tell us what it's like in heaven and give us the parables and died on the cross and came back, he won. He overcame and he helps us overcome. And that is the transformation that overcomes. That's why- already won, already. That's right, he's already won. And we, by being with him and asking him to be the Lord of our life and to be able to help us through these adversities, will always save us. His name is God saves, and he will not fail. So even though we may feel lost at times, even though we may have cancer, Jeannie and I faced cancer together, we overcame it, thank God. We faced your cancer together. It was you dealing with it and me, the spouse. So thank goodness we didn't both actually but Prayer when one person has it, the that's whole right. family. And what a test, I mean, to have people come and tell us what needed to be done. We had to do this and we had to do that. And when we prayed, the Lord said no. And he guided us to exactly the right treatment, to exactly the right surgeon, exactly And showed right us that there is a gift in cancer he, once you get through it. He will not fail us. That's right. He does not fail. He, so you were seeing behind the veil. I was... Absolutely. 
hard, seeking behind hard. The veil. <laughs> they were and like like separating the veil and going, "Where are you?" <laughs> some of this wisdom is the oh. result of that, the good that comes, and um, and not going through it alone. I think that's really something that, for me, I was really lonely when I first really started seeking Jesus, and. I felt really lonely at first. So now I'm surrounded by other people and I'm married to a Christian man. I'm so thankful for that. But there are times that um, we need to seek other people. Fellowship is a essential part of our growth, both human and spiritual. We must relate with everyone around us and how we relate is a good sign of our own spirit and the spirit that's within us. Uh, I'll read you a scripture really quickly, okay? Oh, good. All right, so in 1 John 3, he says, this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask, because we keep His commandments and do what pleases Him. And this is His command, to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as He commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands, God lives in him, and he in them. And this is how we know that He lives in us, we know it by the Spirit, he gave us. So as we look behind the veil and we see the spiritual world and we become discerning, we look within ourselves and want the Spirit of God, want to be like Jesus, have the Holy Spirit in us. And then as we look to others, we will see the Spirit that's in them and pray for them and help them. And as we meet others who are of similar nature, who love God and love Jesus, and we fellowship with them, miracles happen. That's when you see the miracles of God just pouring out. Well, I have to say that we all fall short. I speak for myself, but we all fall short. And thank goodness. I can goodness, speak on that. Yeah. I fall short too. <laughs> the oh, mercy <laughs> of God. And when he gives us mercy and loves us through our shortcomings, yeah, right. he calls on us to give other people mercy. And I just have to say, because there's no perfect church, there's no perfect person, no perfect family. Right. I love the analogy when I heard somebody say, it, it would be like a gym that had no fat people. Like fat right. people aren't allowed in gym. Well, if you're fat and you're in the gym, you and you're in gym. the right it's place. You're trying. Yes. At least, At least you're try. trying. So I really mm. just say to myself that thank goodness for grace. Right. Absolutely. And never stop seeking. Never stop yearning for the true presence of God. Even if you're in a different religion, I was, I was in Buddhism for a while. I was in Hinduism for a while. I was even in some of the other Christian religions. I sought for many different angles. I never stopped wanting to be close to God. And as that happened, and as I met Jesus, and he became my guide, 
I found a path to God that is unmatchable, unsurpassable. It is the way, the truth, and the life because he is the good shepherd. That's right. And what's so great is sometimes our confidence isn't good enough. You know, I look at sometimes my insecurities and I'm like, oh man, I could do so much better. But what's great is we have that spiritual realm with the Holy Spirit right next to us and our confidence is in his hands. So I try to take the confidence out of my own head thinking you're confident, you can do this, but say I am holding my confidence in his hands, which makes it so much easier because my confidence will always fail me. Absolutely. But the confidence in his hands will never fail me. It is as if you are living behind the veil and now reaching out for others to join you. And that is what God wants for us, that's all he, of us. That's right, to live with him. Well, thank you for that and explaining how to seek God behind the veil. You're welcome.